0: Thank you so much to our sponsor, Electoral Alliance. As a Local 26 Union partner, Electoral Alliance provides a dedicated team of experts to support and advocate for their members. Continuous education keeps skills sharp. Join Electoral Alliance, where excellence, empowerment, and a bright future come together.
1: Fourth episode of the Build Your People podcast with Kathy Hum. I am your co host, Jen DeWeese, and I am also the president of the Maryland Center for Construction Education and Innovation, MCCI. At MCCI, our mission is to inspire, educate, and connect a diverse population to careers in the built environment. Uh, With me, as always, is our podcast co host, Kathy Hum, HR professional and founder of NTP HR LLC. Hi, Kathy. How are you today? Good. How are you, Jen? Good to see you. Great. Happy National Apprenticeship Week. Yeah,
0: yeah. What a great week.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Um, And for our uh, viewers uh, who are watching us on video, you see that uh, Kathy and I have a guest today, Chuck Scarlotta. Chuck is the Field Operations Director for Mobile Video Guard. Uh, Before we dive into our conversation, Chuck, why don't you give us a a moment to uh, introduce yourself? How long have you been in the business of... um, recruitment and retention within the construction space and what's your own personal um, experience?
2: Sure. Yeah, no, thanks. I'm excited to be with you guys. And um, yeah, just a quick background. I used to um, be in the education system for 15 years and came over with Mobile Video Guard um, coming up on three years now. And so a lot of these um, skills I had um, carried over from the education system in terms of recruitment um, and developing career paths. And so getting to build a team over here at Mo- mobile video guards been, um, exciting, um, to watch the growth and to be strategic in our planning and make it a place that we, we, um, we're excited for, for our employees to call home, hopefully for, for a good long time. So it's, it's been a, it's been a great journey so far.
1: That's awesome. Thanks Chuck. Uh, so today, um, we're going to be talking about defining career paths and putting an emphasis on learning and development in the recruitment and retention strategy. Um, as we've talked and mentioned several times throughout our podcast, it is crucial for employee recruitment and retention. They're not only to be defined career paths for advancement, for employee, but for employers to invest in the growth of their employees through learning and development. It is um, something that specifically Gen Z absolutely cares about when they are choosing um, who to work for. So Kathy, I know you invited Chuck today because of the work that their company is doing with you in regards to these things, learning development and and career pathing. Um, So before we get into the specifics um, of what Mobile Video Guard is doing, What um, can you share your perspective on the significance of investing in learning and development of employees for a company's overall success? And then why you believe having defined career paths is crucial in our workplace today?
0: Sure. So as we've spoken on previous podcasts, the workforce is shrinking and organizations, companies have to do everything they can to attract top talent and to retain that talent. And, and you you hit it spot on, the Gen Zs and the Millennials, everything I've read, one of the biggest things they want is they want to know, when I start with your company in one year, what does it look like in three years, in five years, what's the career path look like? And so it's so critical, you know, the baby boomers are retiring, the older generation retiring. So we have to meet these younger people where they are and uh, provide them what what they're looking for. And not only do we write it down and and have a document or standard operating procedure, but we should have visuals and show it at the recruiting stage, as well as retention when you're talking with your employees on a regular ongoing basis Mm -hmm. through performance management, check-ins, whatever, and talking about this is the path and making sure they're still on path. So it's critical. It's critical for, for recruiting and retention.
1: Absolutely. So with that, Chuck, um, I know that you've been working with Kathy on developing, um, rare paths in your learning development platforms and everything, um, what has been, like, well, what was the reason behind Mobile Video Guard deciding to do this work? Uh, and then what has been your, like, strategic approach to implementing it?
2: Yeah, so it, it all cropped up um, organically. So when I came in, um, just a quick backstory, our field team consisted of two, um, two employees, uh, we had a gentleman installing out in the field and we had one building our equipment inside um, the warehouse. And um, so very, very quickly uh, when I came on, we started to just grow in contracts. There's a just a need there that needed to be met. And so, um, you know, I started to, to hire a few here, here and there. We merged with another company. And before I knew it, we had several people um, working with us. We had um, 12 additional, almost overnight, uh, field technicians. So we had merged with, with this other company, uh, which I, I can say that maybe this is fast forward a little bit, but they're all still with us, um, which is a good sign of the culture that we've started to develop. Um, so it was really a needs-based um, decision to start really intentionally focusing on the career path. We had uh, employees of all ages, um, from mid 60s down to 19 20 years old um, I just have a core belief that if you're coming to work every every day you want to be given tools to then um, if it, if you so choose down the road to leave and be marketable um, to be able to be hired and be attractive as a candidate for any other job position make a make a lateral move so we want to invest and be transparent with our employees I feel like you know, our leadership values that, that is a, a critical thing. So we, we like to just see people, people grow. Um, so I just really believe that developing a career path is essential to attracting talent, you know, w- whether it's specific to a generation, um, but it, anybody and everybody um, needs and appreciates that security that we are investing in them in their future career. And, um, and that's really what started. I don't know if I got the second part of your question there, but, but it really wasn't needs-based. We were just trying to keep up, honestly. (laughs) You
1: know, it honestly makes sense. When you think about, you say that you value transparency as an organization, having a defined career path is like transparency, you know, at the very basic level of um, hiring somebody. So that kind of um, leads me to my next question is like, in what ways do you ensure that your career paths and the learning and development that you're doing are reflecting and reinforcing the culture that you want to cultivate within your organization. But what are you doing with Kathy to make sure that happens?
2: Um, So our first step, again, I, I was very used to, I came as a government employee, so I could, I came out of college. I could look at the salary scale. I could tell if you were a unit one teacher, how much you would make after five years with your bachelors. Mm -hmm. Um, I could fast forward to 25 years and see what I would make as a unit one teacher with my doctorates. And it was very predictable. I could see the salary scale. I could see what I was working for. And that to me was very attractive. It kept me going. It kept me wanting to pursue self-improvement. And so immediately, well, Kathy's been, um, awesome to work with and, and very uh, as excited as I am, if not more to put this thing together. And so, um, I would say tangibly what we started to do is we just assess what needs the company has. We started to see, um, what our clients are asking for, what's going to ensure a quality product. And, and so we had a lot of field technicians, a lot of crossover, kind of everybody was doing everything. We didn't have a whole lot of definition. And so our first step was to define different departments that were needed. Um, we had different things that were needing to be addressed in terms of programming, in terms of, um, field installation, um, warehouse assembly, and there's a shipping operation component and all of these things really, um, just required that we kind of splinter off into different departments. So it started there, but even within that, um, I kind of went through from the beginning to end, I was an installer myself, I was a builder myself, so I knew what, what the job entailed. Um, but as we kept, kept growing, we needed to hand off supervision of these different departments. So um, I think one of the most impactful things that we have done, Kathy and I, was define the, uh, the leadership and how that would break, break out across different tiers. And that's what started to formulate. You come in as a field tech one, you add some more education, and you add some more um, safety requirements. Requirements of our larger clients in terms of OSHA, um, um, you know, OSHA certifications, and um, and then so that moved us into a, a second tier, uh, tech twos, and we developed our team leadership, um, and then beyond that, we found we had a need for a program manager role um, and even an engineer role, and so. It just started to shape and it continues, I'd say, at least every two to three months to shift a little bit here and there in terms of how we refine those roles. Um, And so that's the first and uh, probably the most impactful thing that we've done. The second, which we're currently working on, is salary schedule. And um, we can talk more about that. But but the right there with it, our third initiative has been developing a um, an educational partnership Um, with IECC. And that's been really good. We're in the talks right now and we're trying to figure out how to develop apprenticeships for our, um, for our technicians. And we're very excited about the potential there. Mm -hmm. Um, That kind of goes hand in hand. I, again, coming from Anne Arundel County Schools, I started to visit Cat North and Cat South because I felt like those students, um, it's a great pipeline for um, bringing them into our business Goes hand in hand. What what I was doing, I was a program um, program manager in Anne Arundel County Schools for a program called AVID, and so it's college and career emphasis. Um, and so I was trying to tap into some of my connections through Anne Arundel County, and those those really are the three drivers that we've been working on, Kathy and I together.
0: And I would just like to add, we didn't look just this year. We, you know, I Chuck and I would, you know in our conversations, it was, what is, what does the business look like in three to five years? And let's Mm -hmm. build out career paths and those positions. And then it's a matter of looking at your workforce and, and, and Chuck, knowing what they can do, placing them in the roles that are on the blank, you know, no name career path with just the titles. Um, And it's okay if you have a blank spot, you know, on the, you know, no name in a, in a particular position, um, and then he had conversations with each one of them and shared with them how we restructured and this is where you are to get to here. This is what you need to do as far as training and other things. And um, eventually that'll get filled out over time. But we looked more futuristic as opposed to just looking today.
1: So hearing, I mean, all this is obviously you guys have some amazing leadership in place that is Thinking strategically about your growth and the way, and honestly, music to my ears to hear that you've, um, you know, you're in the process of developing an apprenticeship program with um, IEC Chesapeake An apprenticeship is, is strategic planning for growth. When you're so many employers are hiring, you know, three to five years experience, somebody that's been trained somewhere else um, who also comes with the higher uh pay uh, paycheck that coming being from training somewhere else so i absolutely love that you are um, embracing the idea of bringing in someone green and training them how you want to do the work i mean you guys are definitely thinking differently than a lot of construction um and built environment firms out there so the idea that you want to train them you're investing all of this time and money um, into creating your own career paths and learning development it makes sense and i um it's, it's really awesome to see that you've included apprenticeship um, along with that and making sure that, I mean, and I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that um, IAC has let you know that there are tax benefits that come along with those with implementing that um, apprenticeship program as well that you wouldn't get just by providing um, internal um, L&D on your own. So that's awesome. Very cool. So um, with that, I'm hearing, obviously, you're in the trenches and you're living this now, um, have you seen, I know you're still obviously making changes as it goes along, but have you seen any, um, success, um, in providing this, um, like that maybe in your employee satisfaction or retention, um, since you've been, been working on this?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I would say the first, um, the strongest marker, uh, other than feedback I have just with, with my check-ins with, with everybody, um, is the retention rate. In fact, um, you know, the hiring was, was really an easy process to be honest with you, because once we started getting this, um, formulated, um, like I said before, we, we, we merged with another company. Um, we'll, we'll purchase another company. The only, person who's not still with us was on a two-year contract, fulfilled his contract and everybody else from that company is still with us. Um, So to, to me, that, that's a, that's a marker of, um, you know, a positive outlook on the trajectory we have going forward. That's been uh, very reassuring. And and we work to that end. We want our, our, you know, employees to be happy to be growing and um, see a future with us. And I just want to go back to what Kathy just said was, Really, it is that 10-year outlook that is um, driving all of this decision. Just from, from a business standpoint, I'm not, you know, I'm not sure. One thing that's kind of really been a, a strong belief among our whole leadership team is that whatever we're doing, is this is this reproducible? Is this uh, encouraging a healthy environment? Could this be taken as a model and done somewhere else? And that's kind of what we're striving, what we're striving for, Um you know the feedback just one on one is um, very appreci- appreciative. That I see that they recognize this as an investment in them. You know, and so our young, younger, um, younger employees coming in. You know, a, a lot of them are coming from our own internal network. So not only are we retaining them, but they're being recommended to to others from other careers, and and they're coming over and staying here. So. Um, that's really exciting to us. And and again, I wish I had some more, you know, <laughs> empirical things to kind of throw at you. No, but, but really, honestly, that's a telltale sign.
1: <laughs> it's great because like, like I'm sure Kathy knows the stats, like the average voluntary turnover rate is like 27%. Mm. Um, but when I hear, um, I think the apprenticeship turnover rate, 90% of apprentices stay with an employer three to five years post completion of the apprenticeship program Mm -hmm. so to see that you're just beginning this process and it's already had such a major impact on your retention rate is i mean proofs in the pudding kind of thing uh it's Mm -hmm. pretty awesome um, to hear that um so while you i guess haven't been doing it long enough to have this the actual stats i mean to hear that you've only lost one employee who would have would have lost anyway because they were contract is pretty pretty amazing. Um, And it's, it's exciting to, to check. It'll be exciting to check back once you've, you know, in five years when you've grown Mm -hmm. even more and seen what those rates are um, as you've implemented everything you've been working on with Kathy.
0: That's actually a really cool idea to add in a exit interview. um, The apprentice, the apprenticeship piece. Mm -hmm. And um, are we retaining those folks as we, Built this out it's pretty cool absolutely Mm -hmm. so
1: kathy um how are you guys working on measuring the impact of the learning and development initiatives that you're working on with mobile video guard
0: so um like chuck said we're in the infancy stage of getting this up and running and i'm a firm believer in employee engagement so um, my, one of my favorites is the Gallup 12 questions and then adding to that so you could take the 12 and you can add a question about apprenticeship or um you know specifically to the career paths or learning and development and then gauge the engagement over the course of the year you could do that twice a year you could do it annually and what happens is you can track and trend those questions and then dive deep on the ones that are that are Falling short of say four out of five, or you, you look at the ones that are much higher, 4.5 or five, and we would consider those a success.
1: Okay. So, with that, while you've been working through this together, have you all encountered any obstacles in creating and maintaining the quick, clean half? <laughs> time time Time. right (laughs) yeah it sounds like i mean if you're changing it every few months and figuring it out together just um, time to actually put it together right
2: (laughs) right (laughs) absolutely yeah i would say that 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 kind of hits the nail on the head you know it's it's the time it's the time to put it together thoughtfully so you're not revisiting it again you really want to even look forward to planning for you know two and three years out but the um You know, the other the the low voltage space for us specifically is a little bit of the Wild West. It's a little bit of an undefined territory. So um, we're running into that, but we're also seeing some, you know, some wins there. And I think that you know I'm excited to see what the outcomes are and see what we can what we can do to make sure we have the resources and, you know, um, hiring to that end and and making sure that we have a, a consistent ability to provide that to them. In terms of you know low low voltage certification and putting them through, um, but yeah, I mean talking through all the benefits of, of what it is with IECC is, has been great, and um, and we're total we're totally on board. We're we're just working through a few little issues here and there, technical issues. But
0: and IECC I'm is going to wanted... gonna say IECC was one is one of those organiz- very few organizations that offers low voltage in the area. And yeah. one of the other things we talked about, Chuck, was maybe tapping into manufacturers of some of the uh, equipment that you purchase mm-hmm. and possibly having them come in and do some training as it relates to low
2: voltage. Yeah. So we actually did we came, we came um you, you came around with that with one of our um our providers, so Wes um Ramtech. And so we partnered with them. They've come in and put on some, some workshops internally for us. Um, we're going to pursue that with, with um, you know, all of our other, um, you know, component providers and and then develop trainings internally. So, um, you know, we're trying to capture a lot of this training internally to make sure that everybody on the team, because there is still so much crossover, is well versed and can prove that they've gone through some of this. So we're mid cycle in, in developing those trainings. We have quite a few done. Um, and so once, you know, once we finally get to that evaluation system and, and, um, we're going to roll it all out at the same time. And, um, we're really, we're really excited. We have a a January 1st deadline to, to kind of present this to our employees. We've been, we've been talking about it for the the past four to six months and, and everybody's kind of anticipating what is this going to look like and what's, what is my trajectory and and put, you know, put it in action. So.
1: I love that you guys are you know, using a cross-section of both external and internal resources when it comes to educating your employees. For those uh, people that don't know what IECC is, it's the Independent Electrical Contractors um, of Chesapeake. So it's the Maryland chapter of Independent Electrical Contractors, and they are the largest apprenticeship provider in the state of Maryland right now for um, electrical and low voltage. Um, But I love There's obviously other, all kinds of curriculum providers out there. There's, you know, specific platforms that you may be using. There could be online um, softwares and systems uh, for that. But then even um, your community college um, could potentially have something. I'm not saying for you, but just for anybody listening. um, i pretty much, if it it could, especially in the built environment, if there is something's apprenticeable, it exists in Maryland um, and um, anywhere uh, that there's a a registered apprenticeship and there's absolutely no need to recreate the wheel and create your own. There's, I think there's obviously a lot of um, benefit to creating company specific training when it comes to like, how does mobile video guard do X, Y, Z. But I love the idea that you've got both. Um, It makes, I would imagine it makes it a lot easier, especially when you said like, Um, Low voltage was not something that you guys are 100% familiar or didn't already have the knowledge in-house, like to partner with an external organization um, makes it a lot more manageable for um, a business to provide that curriculum rather than trying to like create it on your own. Because Like we said earlier, time is uh, the biggest hurdle. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, it's really cool to see this de- this develop. A lot of companies in the construction space, it's sink or swim. You hire somebody, you throw them out in in the field, and you mentor them with a seasoned construction professional, whether it be in in the type of industry that chucks in, or um, you know, plumbing or general mm. contracting, and that works really well. But when you couple that with some um, Technical, you know, classroom style training and you know, manufacture training on how the equipment works and what are the ABCs of the electrical components within this particular unit, whatever it may be, it really gives a full robust training program to the individual. And like Chuck said, it's super cool to be able to package that and Once it's all set, then then they can really take off and they can hire people, put them in the training and it'll just be second nature to them.
1: I would imagine it sells itself to the future employees, too, because especially if it's an apprenticeship, um, you've got obviously every every company and every job out there has on the job training. But that curriculum and then that certification that comes right, you know, getting their journey persons like license. Um, makes them incredibly marketable uh, for any future um, employment. Um, like if they want to move and they, you know, they're, they're not in Maryland anymore and they, you know, their spouse or significant others move into California. They could take that apprenticeship and that license, that journey person license with them, um, which to me, I think would also sell itself. You obviously don't want the person to leave and we know statistically they won't, um, but it's, it's pretty cool. Uh, and definitely sets itself apart from regular on the job training. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I feel like being upfront about that, it, that was a great point. I mean, being upfront about that, that we want you guys to be marketable. We want you guys to be um, we're investing in you as an individual and um, cause we recognize life changes and everything else. And it, so we, I, I don't know, I think we lay down that worry of will we retain this person. I think it's just going to happen naturally because they're going to realize they're in a great environment. And so, mm-hmm that's a strategic decision for us to invest in them. And it takes um, some skin in the game for them as well. That's a, com- a huge commitment for them. Absolutely. And so when they make that commitment, you know, they, they, um, they value it um, they value it more when they know they have a little skin mm-hmm. in the game and then it's a reciprocal relationship going forward. So I'm excited to see how it all plays out. You know, I will say there is, there is one other, I think it's a great place to discuss this actually is a, um, you know, one, one other I guess, challenge in, in all of that. And then that's, you know, when we push this out to the new employee, maybe they're young, maybe they're 19, maybe they're 20. They really don't know exactly what they want to do, but we onboard them. We can get them trained in house. Um, One of the things that I'm, I'm really thinking through. So selfishly, man, I would love it if everybody went through and got a certification, right? I would love it just for the company. I think it's a good, personal decision in the life of an employee just to be if while you're working in this field, get certified, have it, have this, so you can take it with you. Um, But it's, it's, what do we, what do we do in terms of a, um, you know, a policy? Is this, is this something that all new employees are going to go through? Is this something where we leave a lot of choice? Is it something where we grandfather certain people in because we're still a new company and we merge with someone else? So just being completely transparent, I've had that, that conversation with several people um, and, uh, cause you can see from the client side, what a value, man, all these texts are certified and they're coming onto my site yeah. mm-hmm. and that, that speaks volumes of us as a company. Um, but the demand and the rea- reality of being able to require that from, from an employee. So we're kind of balancing that and we're trying to be, you know, wise as we walk forward with it.
0: Yeah. I think that I always, I always put um decisions like that in two buckets cost and risk mm-hmm. to the um the leadership team so what's it going to cost to get everybody certified and the risk well you know is it going to position us for um more jobs because we are certified or are we going to lose those jobs because we aren't certified mm-hmm. and the next company down the road is so it's it's um It is, it's a strategic decision to decide do we have everybody certified or not. And then I wanted to make a point back to what you were talking about and being transparent. You know, people are gonna leave companies. The hope is that you keep and retain a large portion of your workforce. But I've always been uh, of the mindset that when you're talking with employees, you you wanna help them build out where they are Or help them with a career path to promote them or help them find something else, whether it's in the company or outside of the company. And just being very open about that, because, you know, there are in in the construction space, there may be superintendents, as an example, who who that's all they want to be. They they don't want to become the general superintendent they don't want to become a pm so so help them build out where they are to the best of their capabilities or move them up or find another seat on the bus internal or external and help them with that
1: yeah i guess i was going to ask like how would you recommend um that somebody involve their employees in shaping their own learning experiences and career pathing
2: and I- what you were just saying, Kathy, um, I, I just have to say like, that is such a huge part of what Sean espouses as well. You know, we, we say that all the time when we're hiring somebody, we want this to be a good fit for you and a good fit for us. And so whether that means, and we've kind of seen that out, play out naturally where during our conversations, during our check-ins or quarterly check-ins, we're, we're having guys tell us, man, I'm really happy here. Hey, I'm ready for the next challenge. What is it? And so maybe they're more of a programmer. Maybe they're more of a field guy, mm-hmm. but all we have a ton of different needs and we want them to be happy where they are because if they're not, their performance suffers. So I really think that it's just great to move them and tool them with, um, you know, where their interests lie as well. So, you know, it's a give and take between what the company needs, what the interest of the, the employee is as well, and trying to find a good a good marriage, a good fit for that.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So you think so? A quarterly check in, um, career conversations. What else could uh, should someone be using to help employees figure that out? Anything? Well, well,
0: you know when when you're talking about the construction space, it's a challenge because you're dealing with budgets and schedules, and if you get so finite with we meet every week or we meet every month. Uh, it, it just gets to be a challenge. So at the minimum, I recommend that companies do quarterly check-ins, but you certainly can do more than that. And there's a lot of on the, you know, on the fly conversations that are happening. I'm sure Chuck with your people that, um, could be, you know, classified as, uh, coaching moments or, or, uh, career path conversations. So, um, I, I, I strongly encourage the quarterly, if you can do more than that, that, that kudos to you.
2: And Kathy's recommended, um, I think it's, I'm excited because we're, like we said before, we're kind of developing this now, but the, the questions that she has for these driving the quarterly conversations are key. And I think it's just, well, it's like anything, right? How do you spend that time during that quarterly conversation um, and splitting that time between focus on their goals versus um, what we're seeing and what what we need, and uh, giving them honest and meaningful feedback, and then taking that all into account. But Kathy's recommended some some great structure to those, and um, I'm looking forward to to really honing in on what questions to ask that drive that conversation to make it meaningful. Yeah.
1: No, I love that because honestly, if if an employee gives notice to you because they're leaving and and you are blindsided, you have not been doing your job. Yeah. Yeah. um to understand yeah. what their you know their frustrations or anything like that. So I love that um, opportunity for for feedback. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you obviously can't make everyone happy all the time, but just I think a lot of times just um, acknowledging um, mm-hmm. someone's frustrations can keep them along. Uh, mm-hmm. Just. You know, and, and say what your plan to do, if you, even if you can't do something right then and there, what you're planning to do um, to address that can often help because very rarely does somebody leave just for more money. They're leaving a boss.
2: Um, They're
0: usually leaving a manager, sometimes the culture. Um,
2: yeah. And so when they feel a part of the conversation. And like you said, it may not be happening t- tomorrow, but if you're letting them know the plan, this is where we're heading. It's yeah. like enough. Like, all right. I'm not in the dark. I know where this thing's going. Yeah. That's Absolutely. huge. Absolutely. I love
1: that. So what would you say that these, like, what are you expecting the impact to have on the overall success of mobile video guard of, of these initiatives that you're working on? What's the end goal?
2: Um, I think obviously we want to, you know, employee retention is huge, um, but predictability, even internally from what we've what we've got to work with, um, which leads to conversations around efficiency. So if we have the right people in the right seats, then for us, we we understand how we can most optimize that person um, in their skill set. And that just translate in, translates into client satisfaction. So, you know, if you have the wrong person in the wrong seat for us, what we've seen, we're, we're quick to move them, um, after conversations, you know, internally with them, um, uh, because in the end, it's just, it's always the client. Um, it's always the client who gets the, um, you know, the real impression of how we operate as a company. It's kind of hard to hide, you know, so it's, uh, that's what we hope the effect will be is increased efficiency. Um, you know, satisfied employees who know where the company is going and are bought into the mission. So, yeah, it's such a multi-pronged approach to, to getting there. But, and then I think
0: about, you know, process consistency, um, efficiency, like you had mentioned, which leads to client satisfaction, which ultimately leads, leads to increased profitability for the organization. So it's kind of a win-win all the way around. If you have this in place, it's a success, it's a it's a recipe for success. I love that.
1: I love that. Mm-hmm. One thing uh, that I I meant to ask earlier and I, and I um didn't. You know, we talked a lot about like the curriculum providers and where you're getting that. Um, what what kind of um, if any platforms, technology platforms, are you using to deliver um this that the career pathing the um, curriculum, any of the internal curriculum,
2: anything like that. So we, we mainly rely on, um, just a program called trainual and, um, and trainual is pretty, it's a pretty good fit for what we need. I mean, it's, it allows us to obviously document all our internal processes, um, and then assign those to the correct departments, um, and then measure whether or not those, Um, employees have gone through the training and have shown proficiency in whatever internal process we wanted them to get a hold of. And, um, and then it helps us just, you know, from an organizational standpoint, we, we house our org chart in there and um, job responsibilities, et cetera. Um, You know, and then partnered with PACOR, which, which Kathy helped with the the entire onboarding process. Um, You know, I, I've, I barely scratched the surface with use of that, but Kathy can probably speak more to, how how pay could be used but
0: yeah just tying in uh, a performance management process where you can do your quarterly check-ins and make a little bit more robust annual review process and it's all automated within the system that's the next step uh, we've just created the onboarding the um, applicant tracking system we implemented that and the onboarding within the system. Now it's performance management. And so the field will be the first guinea pig of putting their performance management check-ins and annual review into the system. So super excited.
1: I love that. Kathy will have to talk and mm-hmm. see uh yeah. might yeah. be able to use that over here at MCCI as we grow as well. That's awesome. I really love that. Um, so I guess before we uh, finish up, is there anything we've any final final thoughts on the process, um, and any tidbits for anyone listening?
0: I think the hardest thing for people to do is take that first step, and um, because it's it's overwhelming. Chuck can vouch for that. There's so many moving parts, but to um, reach out to someone like Chuck who's going through the process and what were your steps involved to reach out to somebody like myself to help you structure um, a whole career path and learning and development strategy for your organization but just to take that first step maybe read a couple of books and you know, a lot of times in my business, I've read books and I've implemented something and it, it, it might work. It might not. Maybe you tweak it and, and, you know, it gets a little better. But but we really need to keep up with the times and keep up with the new generations and what they're looking for. And if you stick, you know, your head in the in the sand and, and you're not willing to change a process that has worked for you for 20 years, you um, it's going to be a challenge for you to, to remain successful in the years to come. Would you agree, Chuck?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's like, and I think the, the, the biggest thing is it just comes down to to forward thinking, like you're saying, I mm-hmm. mean, it, it, it comes down to, are you planning for your future? Um, are you staying, you know, 10 steps ahead and are you continuing those conversations on a regular basis? Um, because I think sometimes it's, it's very easy in the busyness, um, kind of going back to what you were saying, Kathy, it's, it's very easy in the busyness of just managing contracts and managing, um, the over business and processes to, to not carve out intentional time with your admin team. Um, and with all your, all your people on a regular predictable basis to, to then flesh these things out and stay ahead of. Um, like you were saying earlier, Jen, when if somebody leaves and, and you're not aware of why they are leaving, um, that's that's a problem, right? That's indicative of we're not meeting enough, we're we're not understanding um, the culture and keeping a pulse on on things. So, I think it really comes down to that: just being forward looking, keeping a pulse, and um, and being being open and honest with those communication lines with with everybody, having a two way conversation, and then making decisions that need to be made. Really.
1: I love it. I think that's a good place to end, because that actually ties into what our next episode is going to be about. So, you know, obviously, we're now we've helped our people plan their career paths. And we're working on that. Our next episode, um, we will be talking about creating and implementing a strategic plan for your organization, so that you have a plan to grow, um, how to sustain that growth, and make sure it's going in the right direction. So thanks for listening to uh, the Build Your People podcast with your co-hosts, uh, Kathy Hom and Jen Sproul. We hope you enjoyed our fourth episode um, as we continue to tackle the construction industry's biggest HR issues. Um, if any of our listeners have a topic or question they'd like us to cover, please share them in the comments. Please check out all the links and resources in the show notes and follow us on social media. That's all for this episode, folks. Thanks so much, Chuck, for joining us.
2: Thanks, Jennifer. Thanks, Kathy. It was a lot Um, of fun.
0: Thanks, Chuck.